Hello, and welcome to the Climate Champions Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Orr, and this is episode one on the sports sustainability movement. The transcript for this episode and show notes with links to all the things we're talking about today can be found on the Sport Ecology Group's website at sportecology.org slash podcast. So in this podcast series, I'm going to be taking a deep dive into sports sustainability and chatting with some of the planet's greatest advocates, specifically from the sports sector. I'll be telling the stories of people and organizations in the sport industry who've committed to making a difference when it comes to sustainability, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of how they get that done. But I want to start with the Green Sports Alliance, which in many ways is a powerhouse, an organizing force behind the sports sustainability movement. And I've got Eric Disler and Garrett Wong with me today. Let's just start by setting the scene a little. Thank you guys for, for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. Can you tell me what the GSA is and what you do? Eric, we'll start with you. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting us to speak on the Climate Champions podcast. I know Garrett and I are really looking forward to the conversation. So yeah, I mean, the Green Sports Alliance, so we're chartered as a trade association, and we also operate a foundation. And I mentioned the distinction there as, as you know, for purpose as we go into a bit about our work. So you know, as a trade organization, we work across the sports industry. Our members of our trade association, as well as our partners, represent sports teams, sports venues, sports leagues, and governing bodies, sporting events, as well as the, the corporate sector that you'll often find as sponsors to and sort of the supply chain to sports. And so, you know, our organization is mission-based. We operate on a mission that's focused around leveraging the cultural and market influence of sports to promote healthy, sustainable communities where we live and play. So, our work is done really in service to the sports screening movement. We act as a convener within the movement and across the movement. And so you can kind of you know, visualize us sitting at this macro level and working with our members and partners around the value proposition that's really focused on providing resources and educating and, of course, inspiring action and change. It's interesting you bring up you know, corporate social responsibility. It's I teach university courses in sport management, and this is one of the topics that we stumble over sometimes because there's a point of contention in the sport and entertainment industries. You know, some argue it should just be about entertainment. It's all about the fun, and others will really vehemently defend the point that the sport industry should use that platform for greater good. And so to see those organizations as early as, you know, the late 2000s really getting into that, taking a stand and pushing their social responsibility platform and then for the GSA to develop was an interesting piece. But in terms of this debate, in terms of the point of contention, should sport be just about the fun, the entertainment, or should it be a platform? You both have been in the industry long enough. What's your take on this? And Garrett, I'll send this to you first. No, certainly. Thanks, Maddie. And I think as our teams and our organizations have, of course, grown over the past couple of years, they are now looking at it not necessarily as seeing sustainability within the sport and entertainment space, not as an inhibitor, but really acting as a catalyzer and really enhancing the fan experience. I think that's one important piece to make sure that a lot of our organizations are very in tune with because that is their you know, bottom line is driving this fan experience for their patrons and making sure that that isn't wavered in adding in all of these other corporate social responsibility pieces. Yes, and, and to build on Garrett's response, you know, we it really gets to sort of why we do this work and why why sustainability and within and around the sports industry 
And you know, we sort of see it in two different pillars or the approach in two pillars. So the one, you know, there is the kind of greening of sports, right? And sport is an industry just like any other industry. It has a footprint and you know, sort of an, a, an impact on the planet. And just like corporate CSR efforts, the sports industry ha- has its efforts and should be focused around reducing its impact on the planet. So when you think of energy, waste, and water and just some of the core environmental footprint aspects, there is work to be done. And a lot of that can sit in concert with what's done in corporate America when you think of leading CSR activities around operational eco-efficiencies. I would say pillar number two is this you know, massive cultural and market influence engine that sport is. I mean, think about the energy that's inside of a sports stadium, right? When you, when you go to a game, it's unparalleled, as, as Garrett noted. I mean, we we see sport, we cheer for our favorite sports teams and our favorite sports athletes in ways that, you know, are, are unlike other things we follow in our lives, one could argue, right? And when you think of where else in society do people gather by the tens to twenties to hundred thousand plus on a common consistent schedule for a common purpose in a stadium to cheer for their favorite sports team. So there's a lot of energy to harness in that. And so the other sort of pillar and focus is how do we harness that energy? How do we leverage that? the power of sport to advance the more the the more forward thinking and some of the topics around environmental and social responsibilities. Super interesting. So if I'm getting this right, you, Eric, you basically are saying we have an opportunity to not only leverage the platform of sport to be more green within our industry, but also to leverage that platform to influence our fans' behaviors once they leave the stadium, when they go home that they'll turn off that light if they're not using it because that's just what their team does. That's just part of the culture. Absolutely. So huge tall order there if you really get into the full potential of what green sports or sports sustainability can mean. We're eight years in or nine, just, I guess, nine years in now to the GSA's existence. Walk me through the highlight reel. What's been the big moments? What's been the big accomplishments towards those goals that you guys just outlined? Yeah, gosh. I mean, so so many major moments and highlights and a lot that we're proud of. You know, I think when you look from 2010 to today, we're really proud of the fact that we've held our sort of tentpole event, our Green Sports Alliance Summit, each year in our existence. So we were launched in, you know, in 2010 and then, you know, right within that first year. So in early 2011 or summer 2011, we launched our first Green Sports Alliance Summit. We'll be doing our ninth Green Sports Alliance Summit. We've done one each year of existence. That event will be this June in Philadelphia from June 19th to 20th at Lincoln Financial Field. And I mentioned that because you know many people hear about the Green Sports Alliance and they, and they know us just for the summit we put on. We do other activities and we have other program work across the year, but it is our big event, our big show. It's the annual gathering where we bring the sports screening movement in our industry together to share best practices, to network and convene and to inspire each other to take on new initiatives back in our you know, organization, stadiums, venues, what have you. So we're, we're proud and excited for that. We'll be, doing, we'll be celebrating our 10th Green Sports Alliance Summit in 2020. So be on the lookout for announcements of, of where that will be hosted and, and what we'll be doing around that. But in the near, very near term, really excited for Philadelphia. We go back to an origin story of the Green Sports movement, sports screening movement with the Philadelphia Eagles that you'll be seeing more about as we work towards mid-June. Um, the other thing to point out, just a few other kind of highlights, 
you know, we, you know, are engaged with all professional sports leagues and governing bodies, the main governing bodies and sports leagues in North America. Many are, are strategic partners of ours. And that's, that's a really, you know, a really proud uh, achievement and accomplishment for us as working at the league level is strategic. And much of what we can do there works itself down to the clubs and the teams and the venues, which are, you know, make up the real, the base of, of our work. We also launched a membership model for businesses in the fall of 2015. We didn't have it on, on the early onset. We had partners that were, were corporations or businesses in the beginning, but the businesses and the sponsors of and suppliers to the sports industry really wanted an opportunity to be a member as well. And we created what we call the Corporate Members Network in the fall of 2015. And we have close to 60 companies in that, in that network or that membership model today. A few others to mention, we launched Green Sports Day and working with the White House in 2016. It was officially launched on October 6, 2016 as the first inaugural Green Sports Day each year on October 6th since. We've celebrated the accomplishments and achievements and activities of the year past by, by, by doing kind of essentially a, an email and social media and comms campaign where we're showcasing and telling stories and then also showcasing new commitments over the next year and are looking at other ways to build out Green Sports Day moving forward. We also have extended ourselves internationally a bit more. And so while our work is predominantly focused in North America, really U.S. and Canada, I'd say we launched the Green Sports Alliance Japan on Earth Day of last year, 2018. So have activities in Japan. We also have a, a growing group of Green Sports Alliance and um, activities in Europe, working with other partners there as well. We you know, are excited to have our new executive director, Roger McClendon, effective, what now, two, three months. So he's, he's aboard in, of the new year and looking at that as a celebration of our leaders of the organization in the past, as well as a, a, you know, a way forward with a new leader and, and actually a, a number of new board members that came aboard in the fall as well. We're growing our engagement and membership across colleges and universities, which is really exciting for us. So Gosh, I, I probably could just continue listing off items and, and, you know, moments, I should say, and accomplishments for the organization. But we're excited to be where we are and really looking forward to what this year and beyond holds for us. When you mentioned the summit, obviously, many of the members attend that event. If there are students out there who wanted to be involved, what do you recommend for them? I can ju- jump in here. I think especially for young individuals and professionals looking to get more involved in the sports sustainability movement. It's really just being as engaged as they can, you know, taking time to not just invest in themselves, but invest in projects that they're passionate about, whether that's specifically within the building operation side of zero waste or field management or renewable energy, water reuse, finding ways for them to either have a volunteer opportunity, some type of shadowing capacity, and really just learning and absorbing within the space. It's really important for young professionals at this time right now to observe what's taking place and also taking note of what could be taking place, seeing any pathways for innovative new practices or mental structures that could be implemented within the sport industry to really showcase then the new best practices that could really drive this industry to the next level, really engaging our communities and seeing how they can get others involved as well, being able to bring some of these pieces, not just back to their own organizations, whether they're still at university or not, but seeing how they can 
take these experiences, whether at the summit or in other ways through our resources that the Green Sports Alliance provides on a broader sense, but being able to see, you know, the pathway for more and how they're really just a piece in the puzzle in all of this and where their best point of entry is and how they can really drive and influence this. That's awesome. I know that there's a big push. I see it in my students all the time, but obviously the young young people in North America are really getting behind this Fridays for the Future movement, the school strikes, and so finding ways to get them involved is critical and really good to know that the Green Sports Alliance is making that happen. Garrett, who else is at this Green Sports Alliance Summit? Who are the members? You know, if I were to show up, who might I see? Who's around? Certainly. And I mean, there's so many members across the space in what, where we operate typically within the sport and collegiate sector. So many of these players are doing great work in the space. And just to name a few, the Seattle Sounders just recently, I was meeting with them up at their office in Washington and hearing about how they bring together their carbon neutrality goal how all of this came to place, what it means for their corporate social responsibility framework and how that's being implemented, not just within their organization, but within the community is really exciting for us to see on the collegiate side from members from Arizona State University, where we hosted a symposium just this January, all the way to the ACC and the conference that is building out their first sustainability conference earlier this June, following pieces that the Pac-12 has built out in their inaugural sustainability conference in 2017 with also big movement across the Big Ten, the Big 12, and other parts of the country as well, especially as all of these teams and organizations look to do more and not just being able to showcase what they're doing, but with the GSA as a platform, Eric had mentioned this earlier, we act as conveners in the space and we have this unique position to witness really what's going on across the board and then taking these best practices and showcasing those to our members. And so as you see organizations like the San Francisco Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles making their next leaps in their sustainability agenda towards lead certification, Oracle Park just recently recertifying for Platinum with Lincoln's Financial Field recertifying at the gold level. And even in their infrastructure, you have organizations like the Mariners, the Denver Nuggets, the New York Yankees in the past, working with organizations like Plan LED, a major partner of ours in switching out their in-stadium lighting for a completely new feel and fan experience, being able to enhance that for their organizations while also seeing a energy cost difference in their annual usage. And just recently, the St. Louis Cardinals over at Bush Field implemented their own LED lighting system and were able to lead in the space that has been very stagnant in the past, but in the past couple of years with partnership with the Green Sports Alliance, Plan LED and others have really been able to see more action and drive within our members across the space. All of these organizations and all of these players will of course be convening at our summit this summer. And we're really excited to be able to hear from them what they're working on within their organizations and how the Green Sports Alliance can act upon our mentality around bringing together these players and seeing what we can do next. So it's everybody. It's pro sport. It's near pro sport. It's college sport. Really, all these different organizations come from different levels. Certainly. And it's amazing to see so many different levels of interest across the board. You have organizations that are at the pinnacle of the collegiate space all the way down to you know the smaller minor league schools and the minor league organizations that are still very heavily involved in their own sustainability operations. And to see that level of interest across North America, even internationally, to convene in a space that 
is really looking for others to encourage more action, to have the camaraderie in the room and really to see that collaboration from peer to peer and from business to business. It's a sight to behold. And you brought up Plan LED. Eric, a few minutes ago, you brought up the partnership program that you've developed with corporate. I know that's been your baby for a while. You want to tell me a little bit about who those partners are, what they're up to, and how that corporate industry beyond sport is really playing a huge role in advancing what's happening inside sport. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we have a robust collection of, of corporate and business partners and members that are really critical to our work and to this movement. They are often the innovators of new products and technologies and services that our stadiums and venues will deploy, bring on as partners, and you know, getting to their goals and efforts and zero waste goals and other all the all the examples Garrett provided. A lot of those achievements are made possible by you know partners on you know on the corporate side that have been innovative in their approach and engagement. So. We're excited to have a membership model that we hold closely to us. That's those organizations in the business community. They really represent all industries. When you think of, you know, what you might find in a sports stadium from service wear to lighting to janitorial and cleaning supplies to the way water is used to the way waste is discarded and what, you know, is being served upon and thus discarded as healthy food and ever, and, and so how stadium is built and designed. So that almost now 60 companies in our corporate membership model, you know, are a really diverse set of organizations that are leaders in their own right, in their own corporate social responsibility programs in their own sectors. And we engage them in our organization across the work that we do. We've also built out a strategic partnership approach too. So we have a small set of of organizations that we work closely with on a strategic level. So that is both helping us build out and define the work that we do, you know, you, uh, leaning on and leveraging their expertise. You know, we don't claim at the Green Sports Alliance to be experts in any one of these areas. We sort of are holding it all together, if you will, and, and bringing folks together and introducing and facilitating introductions. So we lean on our corporate partners and business partners for that expertise. We have a group of partners that we have that, we have that are called program partners. So they help us develop out and work across our program areas. And those program partners are Aramark and HOK and BASF and Kimberly Clark, real leaders in their own space. And, you know, when I say program partners, you know, I should mention too that over the course of the year, we get our work done over seven verticals. So our seven verticals, if you will, so you can imagine kind of vertical pillar areas are energy, food, procurement, transportation, venue, waste and water, kind of like these one word terms, but you can define all those more. And those are certainly aren't all mutually exclusive, right? Some of those intersect. But if you think of those as verticals, what we then do is run our activities, what we call our assets or or our initiatives across those verticals, the work we do, right? So that's everything from our case studies. So we have a template called Lessons from the Field that we put out, which is a a template. We, We like sports terminologies, right? So Lessons from the field case study template. We build out these examples. We have a very active social media presence, digital communications. We have a, a, a member portal, which we're building out on our brand new website. We're very excited for that'll allow members to engage with any, with each other within the portal. We have a monthly newsletter. We do our summit, of course. We have regional events. So we've listened to our members and partners and said, gosh, you you guys really get us when you bring us together. You inspire us when you bring us together. And that's usually just at our summit. So we've created 
one-day events across the country. We call them symposiums and workshops. Both have a little different model. So those are some of our other events. We try to drop those in regionally across the course of the year in certain parts of the country. We have a monthly webinar series. And we have thought leadership. And, and what we're writing these days are what we call playbooks. Again, another sports term, but a shorter, let's say, 20 to 30 page thought leadership document around a particular topic that's designed to be worked with, right? So pages torn out, checklists. Imagine someone in a facility like literally tearing pages out and using it across their venue. And so we've produced these playbooks on the topic of green cleaning and e-waste in the, or, or energy in the past and solar in the past, as well as paper and, and doing some more around that going forward. So when you think of that, you know, those, those verticals and those horizontals, we call that our programmatic framework or matrix. And we then go to our corporate partners and drop them in to whatever vertical they connect with. Let's say it's procurement um, and whatever they, way they might want to get the story across. Let's say it's creating a case study with our lessons from the field template. And so that's a place where we engage our corporate members and these program pillar partners I mentioned. And then sort of the, the last category of partners that we have are our sports screening movement partners. So these are our, our largest, I guess, the most distinguished partnership category that we have in our organization. And these are organizations that we work very closely with at a strategic level. So they help us strategically and we work with them across sustainability within their organizations. And these organizations are ESPN, Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, NASCAR, and NatureWorks. So I've got one last question for you both. Bit of a contentious one. Obviously, you've mentioned partners across the country, different levels of sport, membership across the country, programming that's happening all over the place. You know, in the States, and and I'm Canadian, so this was new to me when I moved down, but climate change can be a politically polarizing topic. And especially, you know, it can be tough to to get around that, to have a productive conversation about where we're going when there's politics in the room with you. And so how have you both navigated those politics? And you know, if you had to give advice to people getting into this space who want to be having these conversations, driving the conversation forward, what would you suggest in terms of navigating the politics of talking about climate change? And Eric, I'll start with you, but I'm going to come to you after, Garrett. Yeah, that's a really, really good question, Maddie. It's important to point this out, right? So often words like sustainable, green, environmental, those can be very charged words, right? People hear those words and, and often have emotional reactions, sometimes visceral reactions. And, and so I think it's important to, to understand how, how we communicate with people about what's really you know, the, the point of the conversation or the point of the work, which ultimately gets to meeting people where they are, meeting a person where he or she might be, where the organization might be. It's, it's good social psychology, it's good behavior change work. At the end of the day, that's really what this is all about because we're not, you know, we're talking about asking organizations and indiv- individuals and groups to think differently, to perhaps act differently, to operate differently than they're always used to doing so. And that just goes against human nature and really hard to turn big corporate ships. And so I think the first it's sort of answering your, your second question, I guess, as an entry point to the answer is you really do have to understand. You have to, you have to show up with empathy and meet people where they are and start talking and using terms and dialogue in ways that shows that you understand what's important to them. Garrett, anything to add? Certainly. Like Eric mentioned, it boils down to really meeting people where they are. For me and most of the conversations that I have with our sport and collegiate members, the dialogue is actually 
focused more on, you know, what makes business sense. And a friend of the Alliance and a gentleman that I have the pleasure of calling a personal mentor of mine, Colin Tatro from Arizona State University, has always mentioned that, you know, it comes down to three things, really driving revenue, mitigating risk, and increasing your brand. And within the sport industry, that all makes sense when it comes to, you know, the conversation around sustainable leadership and sustainability within business. Well, thank you both so much for, for agreeing to be a part of this. I really appreciate you taking the time. Really good takeaways here for, for listeners, especially for the students. I think there's a lot that happens behind, you know, the, the guys of Green Sports Alliance that people don't always recognize. I know you both mentioned that the summit is the most well-known piece, but a lot more happening there, a lot more people involved than, you know, the average fan may be aware of. So interesting to hear a little bit more about it. Thank you both so much for agreeing to do this and for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. Really appreciate it. We're so happy to participate. We would certainly encourage anyone who's interested to come check us out this June, June 19th and 20th at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia for our ninth Green Sports Alliance Summit. Our theme for this summit is playing for the next generation. So really hits on a lot of the topics we discussed today, as well as really, frankly, why we do this work. So we hope to see everybody in Philadelphia in June.